Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Something Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast in association with Lucky Star Gin. I'm your host, Mike, and on our panel today, we have Neil and Gabriel. We may be joined by another in a moment, but um, we've got Neil and Gabriel at the moment. Um, we are going to be covering the 20th must-win match draw, and we're going to look forward to the trip to Notts County. Do apologise to anyone who's watching on YouTube for the um, Mr. Potato Head, but when I was trimming it yesterday, I went too deep and I had to take it all off. Um, engagement, as always, is really, really important. Please do the like, share, retweets, let everyone know um, as much as possible, and it kind of spreads the word for the podcast and um, shares the pain amongst everyone else. Um, we're going to dive straight in. I didn't actually write down the last appearances, but Neil is still clinging on to the fact that um, he's never been on after a loss, even though he, he was on on the lost episode. But hello, Neil. How are you? Hi, thank you, Mike. Good, good, good. And Gabriel, how are you? Good, good. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, so club news. Um, the ladies put up a very good performance, but... Um, Lost to Dartford today, 2-0. Dartford are top of the league. Um, so it was it was a good performance, but it was against the league leaders, so it was always going to be hard. Um, as I said earlier on, on Twitter, I'm, I'm not going to be a weatherman because I did promote and push. Like, oh, it's lovely weather. Everyone come on down. And it rained, and it was horrible, and it was miserable. <coughs> so we won't be doing that again. Um, ladies, I do need some bits and pieces of help on match day. So if anyone can help, um, either contact directly, contact me and I'll put you in touch. Um, I don't think it's something that you have to commit to all the time. I think they're just like a little group of people that can call on to do various jobs or indeed there are jobs to do as well, like things like scoreboard, um, 
looking after the scoreboard and just other bits and pieces. So it's a good opportunity to get involved and see things um, from a slightly different side. Um, also, thanks to everyone for asking. Um, Sally is very well. The coffee is still going very strong, uh, but she's well and alive and she came to the ladies match today so people could, could actually see her. Um, but we will get on to the, onto the game. Um, we'll start with you, Gabrielle. What was your thoughts and hopes before the match? What were you kind of, I mean, it's, it, we all know it's another must-win match, but what were you hoping for before the game? To be honest, I'm not hoping much since a while because uh, there were so many, so many must-win games. And uh, since we've been together to that Harrogate game, that was a must-win. And uh, we didn't win. We actually lost. I'm uh, a bit disappointed. Even at the next game against Doncaster, that was another very, very crucial game. Uh, I wasn't uh, hoping anything until the last 20 minutes when we got one up. And then I was again disappointed. So I'm not hoping much because the results are against us. And uh, I don't know. I have a sensation that whatever Harry Kane curse must be, ours is 10 times worse. <laughs> and, and Neil, before the match, what were you kind of hoping for out of this? I was optimistic before I saw the lineup. Then when I saw the lineup, I became pessimistic and I was wondering where the goals were going to come from, because to me, it seemed uh, a quite a defensive, try not to lose type lineup. Fair enough. Well, that leads us on to the next question. So um, on the lineup, uh, I got seven out of 11. Um, I am going to very quickly get bored of this game because uh, you almost got no hope under under Miss Morrison. Um, but what were you sort of what were you thinking with Arnold coming in, um, Clay and Coley coming in from from nowhere? Um, what, what were your? I know you said you were pessimistic, but what, what were you thinking behind? What do you think he was trying to do? Um, Dino has played very well, but I didn't think Arnold coming in would necessarily make us any weaker so that was fine i was surprised that patrick wasn't featuring anywhere um so presuming he was injured um i thought that uh, coley was basically no longer on uh, morrow's um, radar and um, the, the same with clay so i was thinking well it, it that wasn't a tactical reason for them coming in. I suspect that was because we didn't have the fit bodies on the bench, or perhaps he thought they were players that could have coped with a really heavy pitch better, and they hadn't had the the draining minutes uh, up on the the Bradford ploughed field. Fair enough. Which still cracks me up that the Bradford um, pitch was playable and yet the one that Barrow was apparently unplayable and um, if anyone's seen the pictures it's very interesting uh, but Gabriel what were your thoughts sort of the kick off the lineup um with the players coming in from from nowhere and uh the shake up a little bit well after three consecutive defeats you have to change that's clear and you have to try to do something different in the hope that something different will result from it uh 
of course, the main surprise was the goalkeeper after insisting so much with Dino and giving him credit after what he, he performed in the last seconds of the Doncaster game. I'm not sure why he was ditched now after three more games. Uh, but Steve Arnold is a good goalkeeper and whenever he stepped in, he was uh, good enough. And it's not there that we, we had our weakness. No, fair enough. Um, well, we got off to a really great start. Um, we conceded a goal very, very quickly. Um, how, Gabriel, start with you. How were you sort of feeling at that at that point? Were you like, oh, God, this is this is a nightmare? Or were you Absolutely. kind of like, long Absol time to get it back? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a total nightmare. And uh, we have to look. I don't have those, any statistics and any numbers. How many goals did you, we concede in the first 15 minutes? How many goals have we conceded in the last 15 minutes? How many own goals have we scored? I think Ben Goodleaf was a great guy and a great defender. And... He puts his body on the line, but from this, he was unlucky this year and uh, he scored at least two or three. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if the Wrexham sequence, he touched the ball. Uh, Buzani seems to suggest that he has touched the ball for the mm -hmm. decisive goal and he had uh, been disturbed by that. Um, the Barrow game was another own goal that was not accounted for, uh, was an own goal by Soonmi, by Omari. Yeah. Uh, so we have own goals, we have last-minute goals, we have first-minute goals. It's hard to, to keep your enthusiasm. I, I admire all of you who, who managed to, to keep staying positive in this uh, chain of uh, misfortunes, let's call it. Medication. Lots and lots of medication. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, how are you? I've been mean, standing next to you, so I know how you were feeling. But um, for everyone else, how were you feeling after that um, first few minutes the goal going in well all of us around were sort of the same opinion it was same old same old we were undone down our left hand side by a swift uh counter-attack uh nino was out of position sam was caught flat-footed and teams just seemed to exploit going down the wind, cutting the ball back, and the ball just always seems to fall to feet and there's never a defender in the way. So I just wish we could do it as well as other teams seem to invariably do it to us. The only good side was that it was after with six minutes gone rather than just six minutes to go. So there was always a chance we could uh, get something uh, back. But uh, yeah but I was pretty cheesed off thinking, here we go again. We're chasing the game. How we need the early goal, yeah. because it I would mean, just make all the difference. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the sequence. I'm never very good at these things, but I know um, it wasn't long before we got back into it, but I'm fairly certain um, Steve had to make a save before we got back into it. Um, or shortly after we did, I can't remember. Um, but we did get back into it. Um, and uh, he he was getting quite a bit of abuse um, for not for not controlling the ball, not doing an awful lot. Uh, but it was Josh's hard work on, on the right, got the ball in. It was a bit of a scrambled effort. But like you said, Neil, they don't really go for us um, very often. 
Um, so we kind of we got one there. Um, Gabriel, how were you feeling when we got back to one-one, or were you still worried about all those chances they were carving open on us? Uh, yeah, I, I again, I'm trying to not to make uh, too much hope because <laughs> I don't want to be disillusioned. Again, <laughs> so, yeah. 1-1, it's great. You have all the game to, to play for. Even if you win against Colchester, it does, it's not going to assure that you will uh, uh, get saved, but it will put you a little bit back in the fight. That's all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wasn't too enthusiastic about this game. To me, it's 90% gone. Though, I remember what uh, uh, Leicester, uh, before they got the title, they had the, that uh, incredible escape when they won seven games out of nine in the last nine games. And what they said was it wasn't such a surprise because they were narrowly losing all, all their games. And <laughs> this year we are very narrowly losing all our games. Uh, yeah. We are, I think, maybe half of the games we had not necessarily been the better team, but we had the numbers uh, on our side. We had more shots, more chances, and yet we yeah. didn't win any. So I don't know. Maybe these tables will turn, but it's <laughs> such a long shot with with the present uh, level of trust, of confidence, of, of everything in the team. So you heard it here first. Gabriel's um, tipping us for the title next year after we escaped <laughs> this year. It's <laughs> um, but Neil, where, where were you kind of set at the 2 2? You're like, right, we're back in it, not 2 2, 1 1 even. Um, we're back in it, and um, did you think we could we could keep going for it, or were you just like, oh, we're just putting a band aid over the inevitable? I thought when we got back to 1 1, we were potentially going to go on and win it, particularly after the uh, the Harry uh, lob over the keeper which was just agonising, you know. If that had been our defender on the line, it would have skewed off his boot and gone into the roof of the net. But that was a brilliant bit of defending. Uh, We'd had the other penalty, which having now looked back on the the highlights, you know, a very strong claim for uh, handball in in the box. So Mm -hmm. um, we we were creating problems. They looked desperate. At the back, yeah. look very unassured, <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was going to be our day. Well, I actually noted that if half time had come and it was three three or four four, people would have been like, "Okay, that's fair enough." Because I mean, they they had some good chances. We had some good chances. Um, you mentioned the Harry one. There was also the possible penalty shout. Um, then Ben had a header mm. as well. Um, so we had all, all good chances. I mean, the penalty shout, we, obviously, we <laughs> are all up in arms. Oh, my God, it's another one we're not getting. But on this one, was slightly different because, um, in fairness to the officials, it was from the wrong side for the linesman to see it. And the referee's view possibly wouldn't have had such a good view of that one. Um, so you can you can accept that one almost like, OK, we'll, have, we'll let you have that one. But the Wrexham one, it's like, how? The bloke almost caught it. Um, I mean, there was one highlight apart from the goals. One highlight of the of the first half with the linesman bit back. Um, 
after his getting quite a bit of abuse over uh, an offside decision, and he decided to turn around and, and talk, no, no, no. Um, so that, that was interesting. Uh, I think someone said that's the first time this season any of them done it, so uh, that, that was fun. <laughs> um, second half, they seem to come out of the traps a lot quicker. Um, I don't know whether it was that whole thing of playing to the wrong ends or, or what was going on. Um, but um, so, you know, how were you sort of thinking as they came out second half? Um, were you hoping we just hung on or were you still quite confident? Uh, yeah, I was still, I was still confident. They didn't, they didn't really do. They were playing uh, better. They seemed a little bit more in control, but they weren't really creating any uh, sort of major problems until we had that um, dipped um, cross shot that went in. That uh, Stevie Arnold made a really superb save because that was just. Um, uh, well, that was a world-class save. I think any keeper would have been proud of that. That was um, that was pretty good. Yeah. So again, I thought, you know, perhaps you know it is going to be our day because that's another thing that hasn't gone in. Yeah, they, they certainly had plenty of chances, and what we normally sit there bemoaning is they've had one or two chances and they scored from both of those chances. Whereas this time we're, we're making saves. I mean, I'm looking at the stats and it says they only had four shots on target. And I'm like, well, I'm sure they had more than that. But um, apparently they only had four shots on target. Uh, so, Gabriel, how were you sort of feeling through the second half uh, with the way they started and uh, we were kind of on the back foot? Well, um, they weren't an impressive team at all. So, um, I still thought that uh, the, the game can go either way. And uh, what I want to say is that... Uh, I feel that they they will have a very hard time uh, holding on to their position, not against us necessarily, but against uh, uh, FGR. That one, yes, that mm-hmm. day, and uh, they have a new coach, so maybe they get the momentum. For us, uh, the the chance to getting the momentum with the new coach has already passed, and we are back to to our uh, lack of confidence and lack of trust. Uh, but. I do have a feeling that FGR can turn it around at the last minute because Colchester looked very bad. Grimsby, I don't know, it's on a chain. They haven't won probably from the start of the year. So it's it's also frustrating because we could have had so many points easily more and we would have been above yeah. both these teams. We're, we're yeah. not that bad. We're not that bad. I, we, we, <laughs> We had a, a lot of bad luck too. We're not good either. We we belong to that uh, pack, but we could have been ten points more easily with with just a bit of luck and a bit of more confidence. Yeah, I've, I've, that's a very fair comment. Of the, the, if we had slightly better luck, we're not saying that we would have been pushing for the playoffs, but we would have been in that lower that lower pack, possibly worried about and looking over our shoulder a bit. Um, but fairly comfortable. Sorry, Neil, I jumped in as you were about to say something there. I was about to say, sort of since Morrison took over, if you take the Morecambe game out when though we lost 1-0, we were by far the... We weren't really in the contest. In the other matches, if the all of those where we'd been draws had been wins and where we'd lost had been draws, <coughs> we'd had 
13 more points than we got at the moment. We'd be sitting in 21st place, only two points behind um, Donny, and we'd have a, a five-point cushion to the teams below us. So it yeah. could it is such small margins. So we could be in a much, much, much better position. But yeah. those, you know, they're, nine they're not... games, he hasn't had a win yet. Yeah. Other clubs yeah. would have sacked this, would have sacked, he'd have been sacked by now. <laughs> well, so... let, let's get to the penalty first. Um so 34 league games, I think someone was, or 40 of the league games, I think someone was saying that um, we haven't had a penalty. Uh, I know we did have one in the League Cup, but um, no penalty for ages. Suddenly we get one. There was mass confusion on the sidelines. We didn't really know what was supposed to be going on. Um, seems there was a bit of confusion amongst the players. <laughs> so from, from your point, Gabriel, t- tell us um, your thoughts on a the penalty of the confusion who was taking it, what the Colchester players were doing to the penalty spot. There was some conversation there. It did look a bit ropey today when I was at the women's match. I'll be honest, I was doing the goals and I had a quick look. I meant to take a photo, but I didn't. Um, but what were, your, what were your thoughts on the whole penalty and the surrounding issues? Yeah, it was a question mark who will who will take the penalty as uh, our main uh, penalty takers were, from what I recall, uh, Rob Milson and uh, Harry Beautyman none of them being on the pitch. And I don't recall if anybody else has taken a penalty uh, in the last two, three years from the team. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, in hindsight, you, you you would say it shouldn't have been Harry Smith because he was he's at one yeah. goal only in the last 15 games. He's not in a good, good form. He fights every time. He's a good striker, but he would be better in a team that has a, a bit more uh, confidence and a bit more trust. Uh, now he's yeah. together with the others in, in this slump. And uh, yeah, but it's stupid to say it after the game because we know he missed and mm-hmm. everybody else would have been better now. I, I don't know who yeah. could have taken it. I would have looked at one of the, the midfielders, Charlie Lakin, because he played very well in the last few games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, Neil, it, was, it seemed that um, Sam had the ball and Harry went and took it off of him. Now, there's been some conversation where people have said that um, some teams do that where they... Uh, Give the ball to one player to make everyone think that that one player is taking it to get the crowd attack sort of going at them and then they switch it last second so the keeper doesn't think oh christ i don't know what this one's doing um but it can't have been that because it was such a long time then between harry taking the ball and actually getting to take the penalty because he um there was that player that was down for a long time but what were your kind of thoughts from from uh, surrounding that whole situation and, and and the penalty itself well, you know, I said right from the off, from the out, that there was no doubt that Harry Smith would take the penalty. Yeah, um, and I've looked back on the uh, on the full run of the match, and <coughs> essentially, they were just. Ta- it, it always seemed that Harry was going to take it. Sam mm-hmm. was talking to him, and then Sam was more concentrating on re uh, re um, 
making the penalty spot because all of their players had uh, stood around it and roughed it up while uh, their player was getting uh, attention. So uh, I I think he was just sort of there supporting Harry. And yeah. uh, to me, it, he, he seemed to be the one that uh, had decided he was going to take it. He That's his job. He's, the, he's our principal striker. And... Uh, he backed himself to score it hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I mean, I said at the time, several times after, I obviously, as, as Gabriel said, in hindsight, everyone's an expert. Um, but I do feel um, that if he had just put everything behind it, um, if the keeper had saved it, probably would have injured his hand or his ribs or something, or, or, or there was a chance of carrying it into the goal. But um, it, it didn't happen. Um, I mean, I think at that point, there was about 10, 12 minutes to go. And um, I think... To be honest, it would have been a terrible 10 or 12 minutes because we would have just retreated back onto the six-yard box and had them peppering us and coming at us all the time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard one. You've got to, you've got to back whoever fancies taking it. Um, but you've got Goody in there who's done it in the penalty shootouts. You've got Eastie who's done it in the penalty shootouts. Um, as you said, Lakin could have taken it. Uh, but... Um, he is the top goal scorer and he's a striker, so why wouldn't he, he take a penalty? There was no Dino on the on the on the pitch to go and take it off of him. Um but we ended in a draw, even though several people keep saying it's a loss. Um it's it was a draw. Um another one-one draw. There are 12 to go. It does feel like a loss. Um, but what are your thoughts? Of where it leaves us, Gabriel. We know. We already know. We don't want. Some of us don't want to say, but like it's ninety-five percent already in the national league, and um, only a miracle can save us. We're scoring very little. Um, we haven't won. Uh, Neil was saying uh, earlier about the thirteen points that we could have had. I'm looking only at six, but with six we would have been up there at the line. Uh, Barrow, you, we come up so nicely to one, and then we scored that own goal at that uh, um, <coughs> mess. Uh, then Doncaster, you, ten seconds to go. We have the ball. Yeah, 
and this one. We, mm -hmm. we, we were so unhappy that we were not given penalties and that uh, the others were given a penalty at the 95th minutes and now when we have it, we miss it. Um, that's only these six points that we have, we had basically in our pocket with, with them, we would have been there in the... There's still games that can be won. It will be Grimsby here, it will be Crawley, it will be um, Accrington Stanley, which is not a team in the fight for the playoffs. So there's still games that can be won, but if you don't win, if you don't score, it, it's hard to hope for anything. And uh, when you have a new coach coming in, the next few games are those that set the trend. And uh, he started well. We almost won with Barrow. We drew at Mansfield, that is the top uh, now of the league. Uh, I think they won all the games around us and only against us they drew, at least at home. And uh, that was a good moment. Then we go at Walsall and we had good chances, but we don't win. Then comes the Harrogate game, then comes Doncaster. Yeah. That's the moment that we could have uh, turned it around. I, I feel yeah. that this moment is past and inside the team, I'm not in the dressing room, I'm not in, at the training ground, but I feel that inside the, the, the team there's a lack of confidence in each other, a lack of uh, connection. Uh, even Steve Morrison tries to change every game, every game that we don't have a first 11. As you said, you can only guess six or seven of the first 11 and the others are efforts to, to make things different, to change something. But it's really, really hard to, to see things changing from now on. No time. Have... There is enough time, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to be fair to Morrison. You know, the changes he made yesterday were, in hindsight, were quite inspired. Clay had by far the best game that he had uh, again watching back on the highlights he mm -hmm. was winning every you know he was winning tackles he was winning everything he was getting the second balls in midfield he played really really well coley played far better than he played prior to him you know being dropped out the team so those two changes turned out to be quite inspired the Arnold change, for whatever reason he was playing, again, was inspired. He he saved us. He didn't cost us, you know, the win. Mm -hmm. He probably saved us from, uh, you know, a loss on another day. So, uh, yeah, you have to say the decisions he's made in pretty well every single one of his nine games have been justified by what happened as a as a consequence i am i'm not criticizing the coach in any way i am uh, i like him and i want him to stay for the next season and to have the summer to prepare and to pre to build his own team i think we played better with him that he changed mm -hmm. some some of the things that were happening at the team and about Josh Coley, he's such a wild card because he's very good offensively. He always has been when he played. But to me, defensively, he, he's below Omari Patrick. He cost us the game at Plymouth, definitely, with that penalty. And uh, there were many games in which he was easily passed, at, from what I've seen at home. Uh, Crew, it's an example that came to my mind. Yeah. 
Okay, well, <laughs> I feel that um, your, your point, Gabriel, is that we're 95% down. A few people feel that we'd rather just get the 100% out of the way so we can then start exactly. concentrating elsewhere. But they, they keep dangling this little carrot out there that it, it's still possible, and it is still possible, and it is, it is the hope that kills everyone. Um, there wasn't an awful lot to discuss or comment from people um, about the game itself other than the penalty, and um, we've lost again. Um, I did check beforehand. I know, Gabriel, you haven't heard the interview we're going to talk about in a sec, but um, most of the comments and conversation around it has been um, an interview that, that Steve did that he hasn't come across very well. Um, not my interview. He came across brilliantly in my interview. Um, but, Neil, I know, I know you've heard it, and I know you've sort of seen some opinions elsewhere. Um, I mean... <sighs> What, what are your thoughts on the interview um, and, and sort of the outcome that, where it's mushroomed out into this big thing? Um, so what, what's your thinking on, on that? I think Steve Morrison will sort of regret the way that uh, he responded to the questions and, you know, walking away and, you know, stopping the interview was... Uh, similar to some of the strops that some of the more famous Premier League managers have done in the past. But I'm afraid I don't think Ahmed, Ahmed showed how he tends to ramble and have not very succinct questions. So I think he set himself up uh, for the fall. He probably was the first, this was probably the first post-match interview of all of them. And, you know, Steve was feeling particularly raw and he touched a nerve and mm. uh, that was the, the response. Some of the national comments about it, some people who were, were going to listen to it, expecting, you know, to, to end up roasting uh, Morrison and actually have come back sort of saying those were some pretty sort of stupid questions, um, you know, that, you know, that the the, uh, the interviewer came over as being sounded very young, sounded very you know immature, sounded you know very uh, very raw, and um, you know it the the outcome was probably you know to be expected in that in that context. Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, he's only been here a few weeks. He doesn't know everyone's ins and outs. He he, he thought he was talking to a. a, a BBC, but well, he is talking to a BBC reporter, but he obviously doesn't know all the other stuff that Ahmed does for the club, <coughs> which, whether it should come into play at a professional club or not, I don't know, but it does come into play because Ahmed does an awful lot. He does a lot, of, pretty much mixed love for all the ladies' matches, and um, there are lots of things there. Yes, the questions possibly weren't the best questions to be asking someone who's just come away from a, a draw that feels like a defeat and things are not going well. Um, however, I do also think that um, a far more sensible answer would have been along the lines of, oh, I, I think you're asking about the decision of who's taking the penalty there and then go off and give you the answer that I want to give you rather than the question you're actually asking me. Um, because it would be very rare on those interviews that um, the reporter comes back and goes, 
no, that's not why I asked you. <laughs> and they're not going to push back on it. They'll just take whatever sound bites you give them. Um, so, yeah, there's kind of six and one half dozen the other. I do think the reaction, as you said, Neil, people who heard it and go, well, that's really disappointing. And then other people hearing it on the back of that are expecting some massive fireworks. And then they're not getting quite that. So there, there is this strange kind of thing to it. I have seen some very knee-jerk reactions of, that's terrible, he should go for that interview. It's like, whoa, hang on. He's obviously upset Ahmed, <clears throat> and he should really uh, apologise and, and have a conversation. And if it is a case of he doesn't like questions being asked certain ways, perhaps tell Ahmed and say, this is what I kind of, what I'm wanting. I'm, I'm not sure how much power you have over that, it's a, a, an outside uh, broadcaster. Um, but yeah, it was it was a hard listen. I'll be honest. I know Gabriel, you're going to listen to it afterwards, but um, it, it was a bit of a, a hard listen, and um, a little bit disappointing from my point of view because um, I'd actually had loads of comments on Saturday about people saying that they'd listen to my one. I know I'm going to sound really egotistical here, but they'd listen to my one and how he'd come across really, really well, and they'd slightly change their opinion of him, um, and then that one comes out, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I mean. It is one of those things, it's a hard thing when you when you come off a loss. <laughs> See, I'm saying it now. And when you come off what feels like a loss, um, to answer some questions about it and probably feeling quite prickly and the questions being interpreted as um, a slight on, well, we're not scoring enough goals and we're conceding goals. How do we solve that? It's like, well, yeah, if I knew how to stop, if I knew how those, both those things would happen, um, I'd, be, I'd be the best manager in the world. He did say that. Um, so he's right in that respect, but could have handled it better, I think. To put it into context, Tony's interview with him after the match was probably mm -hmm. the best Tony post-match interview of all of them, which I thought yeah. was a bit <laughs> ironic. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So I think a lot of people did that. They, they said, oh, this interview, and people going, I've not, not heard anything in that interview that you're talking about. And then they go, no, not the club one, this one. <laughs> um, oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, Gabriel. I was trying to say also to put it in the context when uh, he was appointed, I didn't know anything about him. I googled him on Wiki and uh, he has a tag on him from the Coventry episode that he threw his players under the bus. So yeah. maybe, I don't know, I haven't listened to the interview, but maybe he's also stressed by this uh, possibility that he will say something that he will regret. So. He's trying to avoid questions that <coughs> would take him in that direction. Uh, yeah, it also, yeah, it also yeah. happened to Troy Dini now that he threw a player <laughs> under the bus and he was fired for that. So it's a tricky moment, as we said, after a bad game. It's You have to watch what you're saying because you don't want to regret it. Exactly. I mean, the whole way through my chat with him, and I know it would have come across, is I, I'm literally terrified that if I speak to a member of staff or player, and they say something on here that could then get them in trouble. So I'm always like, don't say anything bad. Don't don't give out any controversial. Don't name names. Um, so, yeah, it must be quite difficult to, to have that mindset of, I really need to watch everything I say. But Troy Deeney didn't throw their player under the bus. He tied them down, drove over them, reversed back again, and drove over them again. He wasn't just thrown under the bus. That was horrific with what he did. Um, but we... we we move on, as always, with football. There's always another game. Um, as Johnny's book says, that's the great thing about it. No matter how good or bad it is, there's always another one that comes around to take the pressure off. 
and we are up at Notts County with the waivers. I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll great delight with waving us on and they're all the rest of it. Um, they're not doing so great at the moment. Um, but Gabriel, what, what what are your thoughts on apart from scoring and not conceding? Um, what do we need to do to win the game? It's very hard. You don't even know who's gonna play. Um, we we moved again in the last few games. We moved again to our classic direct game. I feel uh, mm-hmm. we're passing less. We, we were trying to pass more when uh, Steve Morrison came. Um, it's it's hard to say. I don't know much about notes. I know they're struggling. They fired their manager. They still didn't get the results uh, they want with the new manager. Um, he moved on. They didn't, they didn't fire him. I think he went to... Uh, yeah, I, I've yeah. said that yeah. again. and I yeah. said that uh, <laughs> last time too, and you corrected me last time as well. But as as this, you say about the last day's game that uh, it was a loss, it comes mm-hmm. to me that he was fired. No, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. But um, he, he might have been on uh, the chopping block anyway because they were not happy with the with the latest uh, string of the results. No. They were hoping that they will be uh, up there together with Rexham for the for a direct promotion, and they seem to be there. We they were leaders at a certain point in, in time. Um, you can win any time. The the luck can turn on you. Yeah, uh, we almost we were close to winning at Mansfield. Uh, we we had a very good game against Rexham. You can win. It yeah. just depends on what the ball wants in that day. Yeah, I mean, I think they. I don't think they were hoping to be up near the autos. I think they were expecting to be up near the autos. Um, but I mean, it is the kind of game that they would be expecting to win. They want revenge for an old Wavegate and the, the five-one. Um, but wouldn't it be lovely, Neil, that the only team we do a double over would be Notts County and start our amazing our amazing seven-game winning run? That was exactly what I was going to say, that we always do the double over somebody. <laughs> and Notts County is the last opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, Notts County apparently give a penalty away every three games. Oh, God. So... Oh, or we could get another penalty, so uh, that would be interesting. Still, have never forgiven them for um, when they beat us three-two in the in our national league winning season. Um, so uh, yeah, so I think it's you know I think it's all lined up for a shock away win. And Harry Smith hat trick with a penalty to top it off. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That well that. That does actually lead us on to the, the, the predictions. Um, so I can't remember everyone, actually, but there were four maximums, I think, um, yesterday. I want to say four. I'm sure it's four. Um, not you, Neil. Um, two of those maximums were Paul and Andy. So they draw even further ahead of us. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. They're not quite on double my points yet, but it is not far away. I've gone 58 points and they're on 112 each. So uh, I think they'll get double my points in the next few weeks. So that'll be fun for me. I'd really enjoy creating a competition by losing. Um, 
but the code is on the screen to anyone who's watching so do join in um obviously this season's you're not going to win uh but um you'll get on the uh, early doors next season so we can get it all started up again um but what are your thoughts what are your predictions i know gabrielle you said that we don't know who's going to be playing we don't know um any of the details but what are your early predictions for the game well i think half of our last uh, 10 games or 15 games ended up 1-1 so it's a very safe bet to say 1-1 fair enough fair enough Neil, what's your early prediction? Don't forget, obviously, you can still change it on, on the entry, so don't don't worry, you're not sticking to this. I want to say 2-1, but then if you go 2-1, it's destined you're never going to be right all wow. season, so <laughs> therefore uh, <coughs> I, I might change it. But uh, no, I think, you know, as I said on Saturday, 2-1, and I was just a penalty save away from being right. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 on Tuesday. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm I'm going to go three one because I've, I've already said Harry Smith hat trick. So, uh, and what's going to happen now is um, Harry Smith won't be picked. Um, so that, that's exactly what's going to happen um, because, as you said, I haven't got one right yet this season. Um, but that's kind of bringing us to to a close of this episode of Sutton Podcast. Um, thanks everyone for your your attention. Um, Joe thought we were on at seven, so uh, that's why he didn't make it. So uh, um, I was looking forward to his eye roll at the attention. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred podcast pop, pop, or even podcast platforms. Um, and thank you to our sponsors, Lucky Star Gin. Thank you to our panel today, Neil and Gabrielle. Thank you for listening. Um, we will be back, I think, on Thursday this week with Mark and possibly Dan, but he was already a doubt to travel before yesterday. So whether he's going to travel or not, I don't know. But I'll, I'll say his name and put some pressure on him to travel and, and come on on Thursday as well. Um, but take care, and we will catch up soon. See you. Bye-bye. United! 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.